It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. What's going on? Hey, it's October 19th. Welcome to the program. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it. The show is made possible by patrons like Dustin, Deborah, Josh, Joseph, Greg, Luella, Timbo, Richard, Bill, and Bob. Thanks so much for the support. I would not be able to do the program without you. They became patrons to the show to support it. And uh, and me, and you can as well, just by going to thepetecalendarshow.com, clicking the link that's there. You can also find links uh, to all of these, uh, to the website, to the patron account, to everything, basically. It's all in the description of the podcast. Also, make sure you join the Facebook group. We do our live streams on Patreon, but we also do live streams into the Facebook group. So uh, feel free to hang with us. We usually do them on Thursday evenings. So, uh, all right, full disclosure... I'm not an expert on presidential politics. I mean, I've been I've been covering it, but from afar. I've never, you know, I've never gone to New Hampshire and hung out in the diners uh, while the presidential candidates come through and campaign. I've never done any of that. I mean, I've interviewed some presidential candidates in my life. Uh, being in the Charlotte market, you would uh, have the opportunity to uh, to interview, uh, you know, people who were coming through back before North Carolina was a. Uh, it was a swing state, really, <laughs> back you know twenty years ago. You could get some presidential candidates that would swing through South Carolina for the Republican primary, uh, Democratic primary, <clears throat> and uh, as North Carolina became more swingy, then a lot of presidential uh, you know primary candidates and and general election candidates then started going through as well. So I've interviewed some. But it doesn't make me an expert, and I fully understand that. I am with you. I'm like you. I am just looking at all of this stuff from afar and trying to make sense of it. Now, I have worked in media for a long time, so I do have a uh, have an understanding that's probably not much more developed than any average person looking at media nowadays could probably uh, formulate for themselves. But this whole story on Joe Biden and specifically uh, his son, Hunter Biden, it really is a case study in so many things that are wrong with our uh, our govern- uh, government and our establishment, these institutions and the people that populate them that used to have the trust of the American people and no longer do. And that's not me saying that. That's you know the research. Pew Research shows this stuff. Uh, I think the military is like the last one. That's why everybody tries to, you know, oh, I love the military. <laughs> Because the military has like the last positive ratings uh, among any sort of government agency and institution. This is very disturbing, by the way, because if you can't trust these institutions to tell you the truth, then how do you expect them to have the consent of the governed? Right. We're seeing this also, by the way, with the pandemic stuff, right, with the covid related stuff. And by the way, if you're uh, listening to this program for the first time, welcome, but also Check out Friday's episode where I go over the the COVID case count data and how they are uh, getting case counts and the positive uh, uh, test results. Like that sort of stuff matters because when you lose the consent of the governed, then what is left? Force, right? That's what's left. Either the society breaks down, you have anarchy, or the institutions then clamp down on the population that refuses to listen to them and abide by the, the social compact, and they employ force. So all of that is to 
sort of lead into the uh, the story on Hunter Biden. First off, general commentary um, or observation, I should say, because I'm not. I'll get into a little bit more of this later. But the general observation is. Man, it must be nice to be a Democrat, which is often the observation I make, because can you imagine if this was Donald Trump and one of his kids was doing this stuff? Also, note the difference. Compare and contrast, which we'll be doing, compare and contrast the way this story has been treated by not just the media, but by the social media, big tech companies as well, which to me is highly disturbing, highly disturbing. So what is the story? Well, uh, first, before we get into the story, let me tell you this story. Mattressmanstores.com has all their inventory online. And while other mattress retailers are suffering with low supply, Mattress Man is not. Why is that? Well, because during the beginning of the pandemic, uh, a lot of the supply systems got disrupted. People stopped buying mattresses. Everybody went on lockdown, right? The stores had to close. And so there was a lot of uh, inventory that was just sitting around. And so a lot of firms, a lot of uh, companies did not re-up. Mattress Man has built up their inventory. They've got a warehouse in town, and so they've got plenty of inventory. They are not affected by the uh, the shortages that other mattress companies are. So if you are the kind of person with a truck and you're like, I'm going to go and get me a mattress, I'm going to throw it in the back, and I'm going to take off, go home and set it up myself, they've got the grab-and-go special going on right now uh, at Mattress Man. Go to check out their website, mattressmanstores.com. But if you don't have a pickup truck or you would very much prefer somebody else come and do that work for you, Mattress Man has five-star local white glove delivery service. They have a 120-day comfort guarantee, and they do ship nationwide. Their sleep consultants will help you find the right bed for you. They have four stores in Asheville, Arden, and Hendersonville, and uh, they're just great people over there. They've got all the best mattresses. The Biltmore Collection by Restonic, featured only at Mattress Man. You can get it there. Experience the difference at Mattress Man. Buy local and sleep better. So here's the story. It all started on October 14th. So about four days ago, five days ago. Um, the first story goes up at the New York Post. Headline, smoking gun email reveals how Hunter Biden introduced Ukrainian businessman to VP dad. I feel like it needed that. I, you know, I just feel like anytime you mention Ukrainian like, didn't the impeachment teach us anything? Right? You say Ukrainian. You just feel like you need the... Just for just for impact. Okay, so Hunter Biden introduced his father, then Vice President Joe Biden, to a top executive at a Ukrainian energy firm less than a year before the elder Biden pressured government officials in Ukraine into firing a prosecutor who was investigating the company, according to emails obtained by the Post. So what is what does this mean? What is the big what like? In journalism, they teach you, you know, lead with the most important information first. And so they call it the inverted pyramid. Most amount of most important information in the top of the uh, story. And then as you go through the story, you get less and less and less important. Okay, so biggest news right out of the gate. Why is this a big deal? Well, if I recall correctly, this Burisma company, right, this company and Joe Biden's role in ousting an investigator or prosecutor in Ukraine, from uh, from checking into Burisma, like this was the the point 
of the phone call that Donald Trump had with the Ukrainian, you know, the new reformer president of Ukraine, where he asked him to investigate. This was the quid pro quo, right? This was the whole point. Democrats spent so much time and attention on this phone call because of the quid pro quo. Meanwhile, Republicans were like, well, why was he asking? Why would Trump ask for this? And Democrats never wanted to talk about why he would ask for this. This is confirmation that it did actually occur. This meeting did occur. Joe Biden introduced, sorry, uh, Hunter Biden introduced Joe Biden to the Ukrainian energy firm. And then a couple months later, Biden pressures the government in Ukraine to back off Burisma. Now, I don't know if those two things are related. I think it's more than coincidental. I don't think you hire Hunter Biden to the Burisma board for $50,000 a month. I mean, like that's like that's podcaster money right there. So <laughs> I'm in the wrong line of work. <laughs> I need to be a board member at Burisma. That's what I need to do. The never before revealed meeting. Well, well now, wait a minute. That Another word for the never before revealed. A word for that might be new. That is new information. And what do we know about new information? New, the word new, it accounts for 75% of the word news. Isn't that interesting? Almost as if there is something newsworthy about the story, it being never before revealed information. It is mentioned in a message of appreciation by Vadim Pojarski. I think I'm pronouncing that right. An advisor to the board of Burisma allegedly sent to Hunter Biden on April 17th, uh, 2015, about a year after Hunter joined the Burisma board uh, at a reported salary of 50K a month. Here's what it said, quote, Dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving me opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. It's realty an honor and pleasure. That's what the, well, I mean, that's what the email says. And so I assume he sounds kind of, like Russian, I don't know, is Ukrainian, I, I think Ukrainian and Russian kind of sounds the same. Anyway, an earlier email um, from May 2014 shows that Pozharsky reported, uh, reportedly Burisma's number three executive asking Hunter for, quote, advice on how you could use your influence on the company's behalf. So you got these two messages, one asking for advice uh on how hunter could use his influence and then another email that says thanks for using your influence seems kind of newsworthy to me don't you think i mean i i would think everybody would agree particularly people whose job it is to identify newsworthy things and then tell other people about the newsiness of the newsworthy things this, of course, all flies in the face, though, of Joe Biden's claim that he had never spoken to his son about any of his overseas business dealings. So where do these emails come from, these text messages? Where does this stuff come from? Um, it comes from a laptop computer. The computer got dropped off at a repair shop in Delaware in April 2019. This according to the store's owner who I'm not sure if he's actually been officially canceled yet, 
by the <laughs> by the media establishment has have they right have they doxed him completely and destroyed his life you know found some, found some high school yearbook post right the customer so here's the story is that a customer comes in and he brings the MacBook Pro to this shop for repair cuz it's got water damage the person leaves it and never comes back to pick it up uh, the shop owner says that he tried repeatedly to contact the client, but the person never paid for it, never showed back up. The shop owner could not positively identify the customer as Hunter Biden. This is according to the New York Post. Remember that all of this is the original story from October 14th. So the shop owner is like, I don't know if it was Biden or not, which is weird. Like, you, you don't have video of it, but maybe they don't have video because it was so long ago. It was April of 2019. Uh, which seems like a lifetime ago. It was pre-COVID, right? Said the laptop, though, however, bore a sticker from the Bo Biden Foundation, and it was named, uh, which was named after Hunter Biden's deceased brother and former Delaware Attorney General. Okay, uh, so fo- so I mean, you put two and two together here, and you come up with four. Unless, of course, I guess you're at you know the Ministry of Truth, and then two and two is whatever they tell you it is. So the chain of custody goes like that. You've got Hunter Biden or somebody dropping off the laptop. Uh, shop owner then pulls the information off of it, retrieves the hard uh, hard drive because the laptop is ruined. So it's got water damage. So shop owner gets the hard drive out, tries to call the person, can't get a hold of them. Um, but now they have the hard drive and what's on it. Photos then of a Delaware federal subpoena given to the New York Post, show that both the computer and the hard drive were eventually seized by the FBI. This occurred in December 2019, so months later, after the owner of the shop says that he alerted the feds to the existence of this laptop. However, before he turned over the gear, he says he made a copy of the hard drive and gave it later on to former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani's lawyer, Robert Costello. Steve Bannon, former advisor to President Trump, told the New York Post about the existence of the hard drive in late September, so only like a month ago, and Giuliani then provided the New York Post with a copy of it over the weekend. Okay, so that's where all of this started. So that's the chain of custody, okay? Um, now there are a lot of people, and look, this is kind of sketchy. You've got Steve Bannon mentioned in there, and I'm like, ooh, ee, yikes. I'm not, I'm not very confident in anything that guy's fingerprints are on. To this day, I don't even click on Breitbart links anymore. He's just that sketchy of a guy, which is a shame. I thought Breitbart, when it first started, loved Andrew Breitbart himself and his operation, you know, big Hollywood and all that and big media. And, but then, um, or big government, I think. Wasn't that the original big government? It doesn't matter. But anyway, Andrew Breitbart, and then got taken over by Bannon, and it got, in my opinion, completely corrupted. I don't go there anymore, so I don't read their stuff. I see some of their headlines. I refuse to to give them clicks, though. So uh, that's the chain of custody. Steve Bannon's involved. So is Rudy Giuliani. Okay, I don't know why the shop owner would give Giuliani this information, but it. I'm going to go out on a limb and say maybe the shop owner not exactly a Joe Biden fan. Does that make the information incorrect? No, it does not. But it does, and it should, uh, raise a level of skepticism, you know, as any of this should. You should always go into this stuff with some skepticism, right? So 
An email dated May 12, 2014, shortly after Hunter Biden joined the Burisma board, shows that this Ukrainian guy tried to get him to use his political leverage to help the company. The message had the subject line, urgent issue. It was also sent to Hunter Biden's business partner, Devon Archer, or Devon Archer, uh, who also sat on the Burisma board at the time. He, he followed Hunter Biden onto the board. So two business partners, both on this board, both, I guess, earning 50K a year. But maybe Archer wasn't because maybe Archer wasn't as valuable because his father wasn't vice president of the United States. Um, Pajarsky says that the representatives of the new authorities in power. So Ukraine had just uh, uh, gotten a new government. This was 2014. I believe this was the pro-Russian one. They've got a new government in place and um, their representatives were trying to shake down Burisma and the founder um, of Burisma, a guy by the name of uh, Mikola or Mikola Zolachevsky, uh, also referred to as Nicholas because M Mikola is the Ukrainian version of Nicholas. Anyway, so when that failed, when this shakedown of him failed, they proceeded with concrete actions, the email says, in the form of, quote, one or more pretrial proceedings. OK, so here they, here you go. They're using the government to go after the Burisma guys. OK, when they wouldn't pay them, now they're going to take their liberty. Right. We urgently need your advice on how you could use your influence to convey a message, a signal, etc., to stop what we consider to be politically motivated actions. And so they go back and forth, and um, a few months later, then you got Joe Biden meeting with them. Hunter Biden said that he would uh, talk with Archer. Uh, he asked who was behind the attacks. Uh, the exchange came the same day that Burisma announced that it had expanded its board of directors by adding Hunter Biden. Now, keep in mind like what this must look like to the Ukrainian government that's pursuing Burisma's um, leaders. Right. If they're trying to shake him down for money and they're trying to now bring him in before the court and all, uh, you know, throw trumped up charges at him or whatever. And then you have Burisma that makes this announcement. Hey, we got the vice president of the United States son on our board now. What do you think that that does? It sends a message. Of course it does. It sends a message um, about four months after this correspondent or correspondence rather with Pajarsky, Devon Archer or Devin Archer forwarded Biden an email chain. Uh, that talked about tax raises and stuff uh, on Burisma production. And they're saying that that's going to kill the uh, private gas uh, production sector in the bud. Pajarski also said he was going to share the information with the U.S. Embassy in Kiev. Okay, uh, so all of this occurs. Joe Biden has repeatedly denied any kind of conflict of interest or wrongdoing by either uh, of either him or his son, Hunter. Okay, he has lashed out at reporters. It happened again over the weekend uh, where he you know, accused some CBS reporter, a CBS reporter of <laughs> of being, you know, somebody that would amplify the attacks of Donald Trump, because, of course, you would. Um, he also remember a couple of years ago, he attacked Savannah Guthrie, um, saying it, uh, that the allegation is not true. And he says, you're saying things you do not know what you're talking about. Um what else? Oh, remember he was at a town hall event in Iowa and the guy uh, asked him uh, about, you know, his son getting a job to work for a gas company in Ukraine that he had no experience for. And remember what Joe Biden called him? He is like, you're a damn liar, man. That's not true. No one's ever said that. Biden then continued berating the man. Um, and they remember at one point he's like, look, fat. 
And then they tried to say that he wasn't trying to call the guy fat, but then he challenges him to a push-up contest. Like, yeah, he was calling him fat. And the guy was a large man. But that's Joe Biden, right? That's always been who Joe Biden is. This idea that Joe Biden is this, like, oh, quintessentially decent man. No, he's not. What are you talking about? This guy has been the U.S. senator from MBNA for... Okay, that's that's a joke. It's all the corporations and credit cards like that. But that's always been the that's always been the knock on Joe Biden that he's way in bed with corporate interests and he's a nasty guy. He would attack people for all sorts. So there's video going back 30 years of him doing this stuff when he was first accused of plagiarism and then he denied all that. And then, of course, it turned out his his denials were lies. Yeah, he did. Right. Like he plagiarized stuff. And then and that uh, led to him exiting the presidential race gosh when was that uh 88 or something i want to say yeah it's been a long time ducked out of the primary um this has always been the way he gets in people's faces right there's a joe biden insult bot on twitter because this is how the man behaves he's not this like paragon of decency i mean maybe in dc he is but that's not saying a whole lot All right, so that's the initial story, right? That was the initial story that the New York Post ran. So what was the response? Well, the response was, shut it down. Nobody can read this story. Censorship, whoop, whoop, whoop. Everybody, high alert. Lock this story away from the public so they cannot see it. And Facebook got in on this first. They made the initial decision to start banning links and locking the story down. And then Twitter doubled down on what Facebook was doing going so far as to ban people's direct messages that had links to the story. And I tested this, and it it happened to me. They were shutting down the amplification of a story that was detrimental to Joe Biden. You want to talk about election interference? I've been talking about this now for almost 10 years in the uh, from the perspective of Google and their search engine results. Okay? This is more overt. Like, Google... Uh, uh, running algorithms to provide positive stories about one candidate and negative stories about another can swing like up to 16 points in certain demographics. That's been the the research done by uh, Richard Epstein years ago. Um, and and they, they show this occurring in real elections. So that's a major concern. This is even more overt. We're just not even going to let you see these stories that are already written and published by newspapers, and then they locked the accounts of the newspaper. I'm trying to imagine if Donald Trump had this kind of an apparatus working for him. The people who right now think that he's a tyrant, that he is literally Mussolini because he walked out on the balcony of the White House, like, I'm trying to imagine what these people would be saying right now if Trump had this apparatus doing this for him. Right now, Trump's got Fox News <laughs> and OANN, right? Like, he's got them, I guess, and Breitbart, right? He's got, like, a couple of websites. He's got one TV network of national significance, and that's and that's proof that he's a tyrant. Could you imagine if he had big tech like this? But Democrats do. Democrats have big tech like this. It's very disturbing, right? It, it for, for the future of the democracy and the republic here— it's disturbing. 
Now, on a completely unrelated matter, if you are looking for some real U.S. military surplus, then Old Grouch's military surplus is where you need to go. Also, uh, aside from the real U.S. military surplus that they have, they have military-grade thermal underwear in all sizes, wool sweaters, military field jackets, solid green and camo, wool and fleece toboggans. They've got wool socks, Gore-Tex jackets. You work outside or if you're a hunter, this is where you need to go. You're going to get better deals on this kind of gear. Uh, than you'll find at most outdoor stores. Go check them out, Old Grouch's Military Surplus in downtown Clyde. It's on Main Street. They're open Monday through Saturday across the street from the anti-aircraft gun and at oldgrouch.com. So Facebook starts off with the censorship, and I saw this uh, uh, defense of Facebook from lefties over the weekend. They were like, it's not really censorship because it's not the government. Okay, first off, Thank you for self-identifying as a moron. Uh, secondly, uh, censorship can occur even if it's not GovCo. I, I, I'm not sure people are aware of this, but government is not the only entity that can censor. Now, there are government censors, absolutely, and in America, that is illegal. Government is not allowed to censor things. Private companies are allowed to censor things. That does not make what they do not censorship. Right. What Facebook did and what Twitter did was, in fact, by definition, censorship. They said, you cannot publish this. You cannot have access to this. We will not let you see that. They censored it. The, the work was done and they said, nobody can look at it. You cannot use our platform to look at that information. So Andy Stone was the first one to come out. He was from Fa he is from Facebook um, and he boasted about burying the Washington or the New York Post story uh, saying on Twitter, quote, while I will intentionally not link to the New York Post, I want to be clear that this story is eligible to be fact-checked by Facebook's third-party fact-checking partners. In the meantime, we are reducing its distribution on our platform. So they found a story that they did not like. They thought it needed to be fact-checked. Oh, and by the way, remember, the Facebook fact-checkers they're all Democrats, right? These are like literally Democrat operatives. They worked on Democrat campaigns and now they work at Facebook and they are the quote fact checkers. I think Daily Caller, to be fair, I think Daily Caller does as well. I think they're one of the fact checkers and the left hates that. The left is like, they, 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 they went nuts when Daily Caller was listed as a fact checker. But by and large, the people that run these operations at Twitter and Facebook, uh, they are Democrats. So, okay, they're going to now fact check this article. Is that the role of Facebook to be doing, first of all? Second of all, what is there exactly to fact check? New York Post provided you the documents. The article should stand on its own or fall on its own. What are you going to do to fact check? And by the way, who the hell said you're qualified to do so? Seriously, who made Facebook qualified to fact check? anything i mean i guess aside from like algorithms and how to post stuff onto facebook and how to manage facebook you could be experts at that i guess but fact checking do you have a news operation do you have an investigative uh side of this uh company you have like an investigative arm of facebook where you go out and you research all this stuff you got the facebook researchers uh unit and they go out and they they find the truth on things well then why not publish 
right? Why not publish your findings and you could be a news organization. And if you are actually finding truth, you'd be the most popular news organization, don't you think? But no, no, they're going to fact check the New York Post article. And in the meantime, nobody can look at it. He says, by the way, uh, Stone, uh, on his Twitter bio, he has a long history of working for Democrats, including former Senator Barbara Boxer of California, as well as the DCCC, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. I simply would contrast this uh, example of, uh, of the, the censorship of the New York Post on Facebook. Contrast this to the way the Facebook fact checkers did nothing on four years of Trump-Russia collusion and the Steele dossier. Nothing. Are you fact checkers or are you propagandists? I know the answer to this question. Everybody else should as well. They are the latter. They are propagandists. They are attempting to muzzle and stifle information that harms their preferred candidate, and they are willing to allow amplification of stories that harm candidates they do they do not like. That is very clear from the way they treat stories about Trump. We have we and look. Do I need to list them all? Right, everything from the the Atlantic piece about oh he called all the military people suckers and losers. And then you got you got four anonymous sources for the Atlantic column by Jeffrey Goldberg, I think is his name. And then you got like twenty something on the record denials that that ever happened, including by people who were there with Donald Trump and who do not like Donald Trump, who said he didn't say it. Doesn't matter. You got Joe Biden continuing his uh, his lie about how, you know, oh, I got into this race because Donald Trump said good people on both sides. Not true. But th does that get a fact check? It does not. It does not. That is allowed to persist. That is allowed to be amplified. This New York Post story, no. So then we go to Twitter. And over on Twitter, um, they said that they were banning the story, not because Facebook did. I mean, we're we're leaders. We're not followers like that. We totally are banning it because it has hacked materials. Their suppression effort came despite presidential candidate Joe Biden's campaign merely denying that he had any anything on his official schedules about a Ukrainian energy uh, executive meeting in 2015, along with zero claims that his son's computer had been hacked. So, again, you've got Joe Biden's campaign saying, uh, well, we don't have anything on our official schedule that shows that we went to this meeting. Well, that's kind of the point, guys. Not an official meeting. But it turns out he was there. The Post's primary Twitter account then gets locked down uh, on Wednesday because of its articles about the messages obtained from Biden's laptop. They say broke social network rules about the distribution of hacked material. Twitter also then blocked users from sharing the link to the New York Post article indicating that Hunter Biden introduced Joe Biden to the Ukrainian businessman, and they called the link potentially harmful. Quote, in line with our hacked materials policy, as well as our approach to blocking URLs or website addresses, we are taking action to block any links or images of the material in question on Twitter. This according to a spokesperson who told uh, the New York Post this in a statement saying that the company took the step because of the lack of authoritative reporting on where the materials came from. So merely appearing in the New York Post is not enough. Oh, 
Okay, so some publications don't get the protection that the Washington Post does and the New York Times does, because those outlets can run all sorts of anonymously sourced smears on the president and other Republicans that turn out to be false. And they're never held to account for that. They never get throttled back. They never get fact-checked or blocked, right? Twitter never takes down Washington Post articles despite obvious errors. See, disinformation is okay when one side does it. That's what we that's the takeaway here. Can you think of something more damaging to the republic when you've got certain media companies that are allowed to engage in disinformation and others who are not? And who decides that? Allies, philosophical and partisan allies of one political party. Right? You want to talk about tyranny, folks? All you running around on the left with your, you know, V for vendetta masks and all of that. Like, you guys need to stop and consider the possibility that you're the bad guys here. Seriously. Well, there's like a, I don't remember, it was like a skit from some British comedy where it's like some Germans who are like burying bodies or something. And they're like, you know, World War II Nazis. And they're like, is it possible we're the baddies? Have you thought about that? <laughs> like this moment of like self-examination. Maybe what we're doing is the bad stuff. By the way, if you've got bad stuff in your shed and you're relying on it to do the yard work this fall um, and you're like, man, I really need to get some new equipment, I've got the answer. It's general equipment rental. They've got the Husqvarna fall sale. It's going on all through the end of the month at general equipment rental. You can get huge savings on gas powered and battery powered Husqvarna equipment go to generalrents.com you can see all of the uh, stuff for sale uh, like the chainsaws and the lawnmowers trimmers saws blowers um, maybe you need a riding lawnmower or how about a, a, a pro grade stand-on mower Husqvarna just actually raised the prices on the stand-on mowers but general equipment is selling them for their original price. So still $1,000 lower than the suggested manufacturer retail price. Um, go to generalrents.com and get pre-qualified for 0% APR for 48 months. And you can also learn about commercial fleet discounts. General Equipment Rental in Weaverville. It's at the intersection of Merriman Avenue and Reams Creek Road. Family owned and operated for three generations. And also keep in mind, maybe you just need a tool once for a specific project. General Equipment Rental, it's your source for all your equipment needs. Everything from lawn and garden equipment to construction and earth moving. Okay, so whatever the project, General Equipment Rental has the tool that you need. General Equipment Rental in Weaverville, generalrents.com, and think outside your toolbox. So U.S. Senator Josh Hawley from uh, Missouri who's been a leader on the big tech front and their censorship efforts. Uh, he fired off a letter to Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg on Wednesday, demanding answers about why the platform censored the New York Post story. Hawley then later sent a similar letter over to the Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey, blasting the company for what he said was an unusual intervention that is not universally applied to all content. And he's exactly correct on that. The senator demanded to know how Twitter had determined that the Post's story was violating its policy on hacked materials and why the company had taken the unprecedented action to lock the news organization's account. Uh, by the way, it wasn't just the news organization. It was people who worked for the news organization as well. Uh, I believe the editor of the paper had his account locked also 
Um, then there was this from Fox News. One of the people on an explosive email thread allegedly involving Hunter Biden has now corroborated the veracity of the messages, which appear to outline a payout for former Vice President Joe Biden as part of a deal with a Chinese energy firm. This is a different firm. One email dated May 13th, 2017, obtained by Fox News, includes a discussion of remuneration packages for six people in a business deal with a Chinese energy firm. The email appeared to identify Hunter Biden as, quote, chair slash vice chair, depending on agreement with CEFC. This is a reference to the now bankrupt uh, China Energy Company, CEFC China Energy Company. The email includes a note that, quote, Hunter has some office expectations. He will elaborate. Then a proposed equity split references 20 for H, so 20% for Hunter, with an H, I'm assuming, right? And then another 10 held by H for the big guy. 10 held by, so I'm assuming it's another 10% held by Hunter for the big guy. Fox News spoke to one of the people copied on the email who confirmed its authenticity. Sources told Fox News that the big guy is a reference to Joe Biden, because of course it is. The New York Post initially published the emails uh, and other controversial messages that Fox News has now also obtained. Again, this is all the stuff that Donald Trump asked for investigations into that Democrats then impeached him over. Democrats, you guys are really not going to like the universal application of this standard that you have now set. You're just not going to like it. Biden's campaign has denied wrongdoing. They claim the former vice president's schedule showed no meeting ever took place with the Ukrainian official although Politico later clarified that the campaign could not rule out the possibility that the former vice president had an informal interaction with the Ukrainian guy. The campaign also said it has released the former vice president's tax documents and returns, and they don't show uh, any involvement with Chinese investments. So, you know, that's uh, so that's that, that's proof right there. See, it's not in the IRS forms. So all of this money that he got. Uh, as part of his son's shakedown deal and influence peddling. It's not in his tax return, so obviously he didn't do it. <laughs> uh, that is a defense, I guess. <laughs> uh, all right. There is no defense to not having a proper website. I could tell you that right now. And if you're looking to have your website improved to step up the game a little bit, then you need to get Schaefer Smith to come take a look at your website and help you out, okay? Schaefer Smith Design can do professional services, corporate services, small businesses, entrepreneurs. Schaefer Smith can help you with graphics, photos, an online store, search engine optimization, website maintenance and security. Schaefer Smith does logos. They uh, Schaefer Smith did mine. My logo for the Pete Callender show. Uh, it's it's a great process. You work with him on uh, you know, what kind of logos do you like? Which ones do you not like? Like logos that are out there. He gives you some drafts and you just kind of work through with him and he's constantly uh, circling back uh, to make sure uh, that you like this, you don't like that element and just tweak it until it's right. Okay, go to schaefersmith.com and get the most out of your website. That's schaefersmith.com. So then David Ignatius writes a piece at the Washington Post. 
Headline, the truth behind the Hunter Biden non-scandal. So right immediately, the, the media circles the wagons around Joe Biden because Donald Trump must be defeated because orange man bad. This has to happen, right? So uh, David Ignatius does this big piece uh, after uh, this was over the weekend, and um, he's, he talks with, who is this, a business consultant with extensive experience in Ukraine whom Hunter Biden contacted in early 2014 as he was considering joining the Burisma board. The consultant strongly urged against this move, but Hunter Biden, struggling with personal and financial issues, pressed ahead. Okay, so like this was all Hunter's deal. And look, I have no doubt that this was, you know, Hunter's effort, that he was spearheading this thing. The question is, did Joe Biden know about it? Because Joe Biden has said so far that he never talked to Hunter Biden about any of this stuff. I said that was a lie when I first heard it, when Biden first said it years a couple of years ago. I didn't believe it then. I do not believe it now. The idea that you don't ever talk to your son about his business dealings internationally when you're the vice president, and then when you're the former vice president, it's malarkey. Malarkey, you might say. So... Here's the piece that I found most relevant because the entire piece from Ignatius is, in a, you know, is basically just uh, excusing all of this stuff and and saying, oh, you know, there's no big deal here. Um, you know, Biden didn't know anything. It was all Hunter. So this is what the consultant remembers warning Biden. Quote: They're using your name. They will exploit your name to your detriment and your father's. Biden's. Uh, Biden responded poignantly about his need for income. Listen to this. This is what the consultant guy tells David Ignatius that Hunter Biden told him when he said, dude, you don't want to do this deal. They're going to hurt you, your name, your dad's name. And here's what he says, quote, my mom and dad don't have money. Bo, his brother, who is now deceased, but this was before he died. Bo will run for office. I have to make money for the family interesting you have to make the money for the family because dad is vice president and he's merely pulling down like what's the vice president's salary quarter of a million a year something like that and that's i mean who can live on that right not in today's day and age i mean that's podcaster money Bo was running for office in what in i think delaware right for the u.s senate and then he did he win or he's attorney general i forget and he passed away um and so Hunter says, I have to make the money for the family. Um, then you've got his partner, Devon Archer, joined Burisma as well. He, uh, as a director, Biden received 50K a month. The Biden campaign said that Joe Biden's tax returns before and after he left office show that he did not receive any money from Hunter Biden. Archer left the company in 2018. Hunter Biden left the next year in 2019. So just last year. In 2018, a federal jury convicted Archer on a fraud charge involving bonds for a Native American development company, a verdict reaffirmed this month by uh, federal appeals court. So that's from David Ignatius. But keep that in mind, that one sentence here that Hunter Biden says, I have to make money for the family. My mom and dad don't have any money. I have to make money for the family. Why is this important? It will become it'll become more more clear in a bit. Hang on. I will get there. Also, then, the Senate, the U.S. Senate, has put out a report that seems to confirm corruption. 
While Hunter Biden, this is from a piece by Margot Cleveland, a senior contributor to The Federalist. While Hunter Biden's highly lucrative position on the board of the Ukraine uh, company Burisma has received some press, the media all but ignored the U.S. Senate Committee report on Hunter Biden, Burisma and corruption. The report not only details examples of extensive and complex financial transactions involving the Bidens, it also describes the quandary other U.S. government officials faced as they attempted to guide and support Ukraine's anti-corruption efforts. Here's the report's key finding. Concerns raised by, quote, officials in Vice President Joe Biden's office about the perception of a conflict of interest with respect to Hunter Biden's role on Burisma's board. These are concerns raised by people in Biden's office when he was vice president. There were also uh, warnings from a senior State Department official warning to the vice president and his staff that Hunter Biden's position on Burisma's board enabled Russian disinformation efforts and risked undermining U.S. policy in Ukraine. The report also confirmed that former Secretary of State John Kerry had knowledge of Hunter Biden's role on Burisma's board, even though John Kerry denied having any knowledge at a town hall event in 2019. The report was not limited to Hunter Biden's role on the Burisma board and the the Obama-Biden administration's knowledge of that conflict of interest. Okay, the Senate committees also looked into Hunter Biden's receipt of three and a half million dollars in wire transfer money from Elena Buterina, the wife of the former mayor of Moscow. Again, just it feels like it needs it like right there. Anyway, Hunter also opened a bank account with the Gongwendong to fund a $100,000 global spending spree with James Biden and Sarah Biden, as well as his business associations with Yi Zhengming, Gongwendong, and other Chinese nationals linked to the Communist Party and the People's Liberation Army. The music just makes him sound guiltier. These associations, the Senate report says, quote, resulted in millions of dollars in cash flow, some of which Hunter paid non-resident women who were nationals of Russia or other Eastern European countries and who appear to be linked to an Eastern European prostitution or human trafficking ring. Just sounds bad. It just sounds really bad. Now, imagine if this were Trump. (laughs) Imagine if Eric and Don Jr. (laughs) were taking millions of dollars and were connected to human trafficking. Come on. Are you kidding me? That's what I say to people when I find out that they haven't used Rowena Patton. Really? Are you kidding me? I was actually, I had, uh, we had dinner, Christy and I had dinner last night with friends of ours, listeners of the program, and uh, Al and Beth, and they said, you know, we are using Rowena Patton. And it's bittersweet, because I'm glad they're using Rowena Patton. The downside is that, like, they've already got offers on the house, and they're probably going to be gone within weeks. They're going to, they're moving uh, out of state. Uh, and it makes us sad. We love Al and Beth, and... um that's one of the downsides of advertising. <laughs> Such a great real estate agent is people take the advice and then they sell. And now I lose a listener or in this case too, they they can still listen on the podcast, but still 
Like, seriously, they listed their... They met with Rowena, and within a week now, they've got multiple offers. They've had showings, like, all day, every day. Uh, That's what she does. She gets your house sold fast and for more money. And it's a really good situation. We wish them all the best. We're really happy for them. But uh, if you're thinking about selling, then... Write down this number, 333-4483. That's Rowena Patton's number, 333-4483. Mountainhomehunt.com is the website. Uh, give her a call and then start packing. Like, that's literally what Al and Beth had to do. <laughs> because as soon as they called and got her over there and they met, it was like, boom, boom, boom. And now you got showings and uh, they've got offers. And so I'm really happy for them. But that's what you get with Rowena Patton. So. All right, let me get back to this uh, because I gotta, I've got to pay off the point here about I've got to make money for the family. Okay, keep this in mind. The email text scandal concerns evidence that Joe Biden, while vice president, knowingly allowed his son to profit by selling access to Biden and others in the administration. Okay, and then lying about it. The emails and texts that Joe personally received also suggest that he got a cut from Hunter's influence peddling. And a text recovered from the hard drive suggests the former vice president may have received a cut of earnings, quote unquote. Here's the quote. I hope you all can do what I did and pay for everything for this entire family for 30 years. That's a screenshot of a text from Hunter Biden to his daughter. He says, it's really hard, but don't worry. Unlike Pop, I won't make you give me half your salary. What? Joe Biden was demanding half his salary, half of Hunter Biden's salary? Do you think that might be worth a question or two? But here's the deal. Here's the real issue. This compromising material is a national security risk. This was the argument that the left makes against Donald Trump. It is also an argument now to be made against Joe Biden. It was acting attorney general, you'll recall, Sally Yates, her concern that then National Security Advisor Michael Flynn was a national security risk that sent her to the White House to get him fired. The Russians would know, she said, that Flynn had uh, misrepresented to Vice President Mike Pence his conversations with the Russian ambassador and that that would leave Flynn compromised. Of course, that theory was so preposterous that even disgraced former FBI director James Comey called it a stretch. But that was her argument for why she said he needed to be ousted and why she went to uh, uh, to the White House with those concerns as a whistleblower. Okay, so now what's the latest explanation for all of this and the New York Post story, right? You got Facebook and Twitter trying to censor it. What's the what's the latest explanation? It's the Russians. <laughs> May, <laughs> and this asinine argument is made by none other than Adam Schiff, appropriately so. Uh, But the director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, came out today and said that Hunter Biden's laptop is not part of some Russian disinformation campaign. In a piece at American Greatness by Jeff Jesea, establishment disinformation is killing Western democracy. Uh, He says this establishment disinformation more than any other form of disinformation is killing us. It has caused more real world harm to Western democracy than any other force in the last two decades. Uh, I talked about WMD and the narrative there. 
that was the pretext for wars. Uh, he says, consider the impact of the fake Russian collusion narrative, the lives ruined, the loss of public trust, the increased polarization, damage to the most uh, to the peaceful transfer of presidential power, which is a cornerstone of any healthy democracy. All of this has been undermined. He says it's now a proven fact that Hillary Clinton and her DNC stooges initiated a coordinated multi-million dollar disinformation campaign to undermine Trump and detract from her email scandal. Establishment media breathlessly amplified false, paranoid, and circular narratives, many of which were greased by actual Russian disinformation that got laundered through the Steele dossier. Where are the calls from establishment media to identify journalists that were paid by Fusion GPS. The FBI, they knew that the Steele dossier and this collusion narrative were false. They knew it. Just as they knew that Hillary Clinton had weaponized these issues to cover up her email scandal. And they still used it as a predicate to spy on Trump's campaign and launch the Mueller investigation, falsifying documents along the way. The FBI's actions represent the greatest abuse of law enforcement power in half a century, and they were largely fueled by establishment disinformation. He goes on to talk about narratives of uh, police racism, Black Lives Matter, Antifa mobilization efforts, talks a little bit about the pandemic, um, talks about how Facebook and Twitter have been banning posts that you know downplay or at least in their opinion the covid 19 uh, deadliness um, now even the world health organization though has moderated its position on lockdowns he says um, the kavanaugh hearing jesse smollett althea bernstein like the list goes on and on establishment disinformation he says it's become tyrannical when false establishment narratives are combined with the active suppression of authentic dissenting discourse which has been made highly efficient by the consolidation of discourse onto social media platforms it's a brave new world orwell's 1984 was not a blueprint folks it was a warning that's a wrap for this episode remember you can subscribe to the free podcast here give it a positive review as well i appreciate it thanks for listening and for the support we'll talk with you later don't break anything while i'm gone <laughs>